tries to go over the same boulder. Well, there's a cliff right next to it on the right. So I went over the boulder and then my son tries to do it and I didn't know he was going to try it. And I turned around and my son, Braden, was off of his bike. He was just standing, looking over a cliff. Come to find out, he fell off the cliff when uh, when he went off this cliff. He just kind of did this Jackie Chan little cliff-to-cliff thing, and got back up. And the guy behind him just saw everything, and he was just amazed that it was like this miraculous thing. So... This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 30, Mike Flack, Mountain Biking and Adventure Music. Welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville, and we have a special show for you today. Our guest is Mike Flack. Mike Flack is a man of many talents. Today he's going to visit with us about mountain biking, but he also is the man who did the arrangement for our theme song for the Adventure Sports Podcast, so we're glad to have Mike here today. Thank you. Good to be here. Mike started mountain biking about 20 years ago and fell in love with the sport. He's been mountain biking all over the Front Range of Colorado, around Moab, all up around the Fort Collins area. Um, He has a lot to tell us about mountain biking. His passions, though, really are centered around music. He is also a math teacher and a music pastor. So, Mike, I told the listeners a little bit about you. Will you take a few minutes to tell us more about yourself and your connections to mountain biking? Well, uh, I guess I would have to go back to how I got started. My older brother, who's uh, six years older than me, kind of my uh, childhood hero, so wanna be wanted to always be like him. I actually started teaching math because he was a teacher, and, and I followed him out here to Colorado. Uh, and being in Colorado, uh, mountain biking is obviously a big deal here, so he uh, took me on a trail. The first trail we did was, was Matthew Winters over at Red Rocks, and that uh, definitely kicked my butt, but I was hooked for life after after I rode that trail. I actually rode to the top of that first trail, the Dakota Ridge, uh, and puked my guts out at the top of the first hill. <laughs> uh, but then I finished the trail and wanted to go back the next day. So, You know, for those people that are not from the Front Range, Matthew Winters is known as one of the more difficult trails around. It's on what they call the Hogback, which is a a strange geographic formation where rocks stand on end about 500 feet high, and the trail kind of winds its way across this ridge. And so it's a pretty aggressive trail. Yeah, yeah. And the climb alone, uh, it's very strenuous, but... Matthew Winters is also known for its technical difficulty as well, so it was <laughs> it was fun to say the least. And my brother showed no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, why would you encourage people to take up mountain biking as a sport? 
Uh, that's a good question. I, I think for me, mountain biking used muscles I never thought I would use. And muscles I didn't even think I had, I guess. <laughs> I've, I've gone mountain biking with people, with, with athletes that are uh, just, you know, you know the, those athletes I'm talking about, the ones that uh, are great at every sport they do. But when you take a mountain biking, for the first time, they are sore, like crazy sore the next day because they've never used those muscles in that way. So it's kind of a, it's definitely one of those things that will challenge your, your body, challenge your intellect, uh, trying to figure out how to get around things, get over things. Um, I love that. Uh, I also, I'm just not a runner. Uh, I, I think, uh, exercising for the sake of exercising, I got to have some kind of, um, funness is that a word funness it works for me sure it's some kind of challenge or some kind of funness involved a funness factor uh and mountain biking definitely gives that fun factor and and it also just kicks your butt and gives you some good exercise you know there are a lot of mountain bikers out there that are very familiar with the trail systems around Colorado and Utah and California and other places. But there are some people that are kind of flatlanders who may not know um, mountain biking out here is often on single track, which means you have a a single trail. Maybe it's you know eighteen inches wide, and it's going up the side of a mountain or down through a canyon or or something like that with sharp curves, switchbacks, boulders, lots of rocks to jump off of and try to climb over, root systems, er er uh, erosion uh, trail systems that are there in the way, and it just creates a really technical approach to biking. So it's very different from road biking, and as a result of how rough these trails are, I think Mike alluded to this, it's a full body exercise. Yeah, It's not just legs. You know, like some road biking can and not be. just not just physical either. I mean, it's, it's a mental challenge as well. Trying to trying to figure out, try to try to <laughs> look ahead and, and think five steps ahead of what you're going to do. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go around that rock and over that route or, or something just crazy. I mean, you have to try to plan ahead. And obviously, when you've done the trail a few times, you kind of have an idea. You have a little bit of strategy going in. That's what's really fun too, because every trail becomes like a. Um, I, I'm. I have to confess, I'm a. I'm a gamer as well. I, I like to play video games. So it's. So another trail is kind of like another level of the game where you're trying to conquer this level and try to get through this part without dying or something like that <laughs> without coming off your bike. Right. You know, another thing about mountain biking is you can't really just sit on the saddle. Um, yeah. You have to balance the bike, which means sometimes you're you're over the rear tire at the back of the seat. Sometimes yeah, you're going downhill. Yeah, sometimes you're kinda of over the handlebars and side to side and it's yeah. It's really quite the sport. A lot of people compare it to downhill skiing. Yeah. Do you find a, a similarity there? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of weight distribution and uh uh like you said, I remember just almost uh, rubbing my butt on my back tire on, on some of these downhills, you have to put your weight so back you're behind the seat. And obviously if you hit a rock and that's, that's definitely not pretty on the crotch there (laughs) on the, on the seat post. But, um, but it is, you know, most of the time I'll, I'll get to the top of a hill and, and, uh, 
if I'm if I foresee a pretty long downhill, I put my seat down like a few inches just to give myself a little bit more room to get behind my seat and things like that. So, uh, and obviously downhill skiing, you, you, there's a lot of that weight distribution as well. And so it's, um, and you know, there's some technical things to downhill skiing as well, but, uh, uh, I think the, the mountain biking portion is a little less, uh, forgiving than, than downhill skiing <laughs> and, the, and nice powder. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't have the powder. So, Mike, tell us a story, if you would, about a very amazing experience, something that got you hooked on the sport. Give us the details. Take us there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I joke about that first that first ride. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I grew up in Iowa. So, I, you know, with my friends, we used to play Dukes of Hazard on our uh, on our little on our little bikes and try to try to create jumps and make jumps. I think everybody's done that. But uh obviously in Iowa there's not mountain biking isn't really a as much of a craze <laughs> as it is here, but um so uh I think that first that first experience just going up a hill and even though it was grueling it was and obviously to the point that I, and I I joke with everybody but I um, my first ride of the season, I always end up puking at the top of the first hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's over with. Now I can enjoy the season. But I think I just, I'm so excited. I just push myself harder than I should, maybe. Um, but uh, that downhill uh, definitely got me hooked. Uh, my brother, <laughs> I, I remember going down off of a boulder and hitting and, and, uh, my, I, my rim basically hit the, hit the, hit the trail. So, um, we had to do a quick, uh, I think I blew out my tire. I, I can't remember what exactly happened, but I, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong on a trail went wrong and, but I loved it. You know, I loved having to change my tire or patch my tire. I can't remember if I changed it completely or patched it, but um, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, but, but after the, after the trail, after the ride, it was just, there was something about it. There was just, I, you had to troubleshoot, you had to figure out how to fix your problems. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was a cool experience. So that was, that was, that first ride got me hooked. And then, um, you know, my brother knew the area and kind of took me around to all these other trails and, and obviously just uh, increased my passion for sure. So how about a funny story about mountain biking? Something that, uh, it was just really surprising, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny on who you go with. I, I, I would go with my brother-in-law and he would get so frustrated that, um, the bike would just get thrown off the cliff or something. <laughs> so just this frustration, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, I would get frustrated too, but it's always funny watching my my wife's brother, a uh, uh, great athlete, but, you know, same frustrations that I had. You can't get around something. You take your bike back up and try that downhill, try that technical section again, and just couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. Finally, he just took his bike and 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 whipped it off the cliff. I mean, it wasn't a big cliff, but it was just funny. So... <laughs> I think that felt good for him. <laughs> you know, it just reminds me of a, a game of golf 
Yeah. Um, the frustration level. And I, mountain biking normally isn't as frustrating to me as golf is, but I finished a round of golf, and I had stopped for a, a sandwich or something at the clubhouse, and this guy came off the golf course, and he picked up his golf bag, and he threw it in the middle of a water trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went storming off. And then yeah. about three minutes later, he came back. He waded out into the water trap, and I thought, okay, he had a change of heart. He's going to get his clubs. He found his clubs, reached in his bag, and got his wallet, and threw the clubs <laughs> back down and walked yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, did anyway. You go, did you go in and grab his clubs? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I can understand. People get frustrated. I also had a friend who picked up his bike and wrapped it around a telephone pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but normally, the idea behind adventure sports is we're trying to burn off the stress, not add stress. But yeah. I think what you're alluding to is that there are some major challenges yeah. in the train mountain biking. It can be as tough as you want it to be. Hey, all you mountain biking enthusiasts out there, come be a part of the 2015 CycleFest Colorado on May 16th. The CycleFest is a day of festivities supporting the Colorado High School Cycling League. All of the proceeds go to support cross-country mountain biking in Colorado and Wyoming. Special guest Sonia Looney will be there leading an afternoon ride for students and also speaking as a special guest at dinner that night. The dinner is at the American Mountaineering Center in Golden, Colorado, once again, May 16th. You can buy tickets at www.coloradomtb.org. That is Colorado, M as in mountain, T as in trail, B as in bike.org. Come be a part of the fun. Underwater Fantasies is your full-service scuba, snorkel, and travel center. We are a PADI five-star facility with an on-site indoor heated pool. We teach scuba classes several times a month from beginner to professional level certifications. Once you're certified, join us on one of our group trips or let us help you plan your own tropical getaway. Call us at 303-988-6725 or find us online at www.uwfantasies.com. That's U-W-P-H-A-N-T-A-S-E-A-S.com. Mike, tell us about a time that things didn't go right and, you know, they didn't go as planned. How did you manage? What advice might you have for our listeners on what to do in a tough situation involving mountain biking? Yeah. I alluded to just uh, all the challenges that could come up and everything that could go wrong might go wrong and you got to be prepared for it. You know, obviously flat tires, uh, bringing the spare tubes or a patch kit and, um, and you know, you get your little mini tool that has like 73 tools on one little keychain or something crazy. <laughs> Those are nice to have for, for bike repairs and things like that. So obviously not being prepared. Uh, and it's always a bummer when you have to walk your bike back to mm. the car. Yeah. So, and that's only happened maybe once in, in all my time mountain biking. So it's been, I've been very fortunate, but I would say that the scariest ride was when I went with my son. Um, we were in Moab, and, and we were going along this 
this bluff and there's just, you know, crazy exposure. So there's like these cliffs that we were riding along and uh, we came along this rock and I was like, oh, that's a cool boulder. I'm going to go over that. Uh, so my son, who was about 13 at the time, tries to go over the same boulder. Well, there's a cliff right next to it on the right. And uh, so I went over the boulder and then my son tries to do it. And I didn't know he was going to try it. And then a couple guys, uh, a couple, there's another guy behind him. And I hear this guy just yell some profanity. <laughs> like, so obviously something was happening. Something went wrong. And I turned around and my son, Braden, was off of his bike. He was just standing, looking over a cliff. Come to find out, he fell off the cliff. And, and it was a part, there was a, there was a part where the, it was like a corner. So, so he uh, just did this weird kind of uh, parkour thing to, to get himself back up. And he, had, he's, he's, he does gymnastics and um, the, just the, his fast, quick thinking... I don't know. I, I definitely think somebody was watching over him <laughs> when uh, when he went off this cliff. He just kind of did this Jackie Chan little cliff to cliff thing, ting, 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 and got back up. And the guy behind him just saw everything, and he was just amazed that it was like this miraculous thing. So, but he could have he could have fallen off, and the cliff itself was probably fifty fifty feet, and, oh. and that would have been that would have not ended well. <laughs> wow. So where did the bike end up? The bike was okay. And and he, really he went up the boulder and he wasn't making it up. So, you know, and and Braden is just overly conscious about uh pleasing people and the guy he didn't want to mess up the guy behind him. He wanted to cuz I always tell him, "Okay, if you can't make it up something, take your bike as quick as you can off the trail so the person behind you can t- attempt it." So he was <laughs> thinking about that so he wanted to get off the boulder as soon as he could so he jumped to the right but the cliff was on the right so <laughs> just he's i don't know if he just didn't remember the cliff was there or what but i think you, you kind of zone in on the trail and and you forget but yeah it was crazy <laughs> scary so what advice do you have for our listeners well to for that, that yeah that i mean kind holy of cow what do you do yeah you know it's Safety comes first. I mean, it's good to think about, you know, trying to be trail conscious and uh, with hikers and other bikers. But, man, safety comes first and other bikers will understand that. Hikers will understand that. And lately, I've noticed in the last 10 years, there's there's been more of a share the trail mentality and, and there's it's it's been good. But, um, you know, safety comes first. Do whatever it takes to keep yourself safe. So you've done a lot of your mountain biking around the Front Range, and particularly around Golden. Uh, tell us a little bit about the trail systems here. Well, I would say, like what I would do, a typical spring, summer, fall uh, would be, you know, I'd go over to Green Mountain if it's dry and, and start there. Green Mountain uh, Trail is 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 not technical. There's a few technical spots you can make it. As, you can make any trail as technical as you want, but. Um, Green Mountain has a little bit more of the longer, smoother rides, um, so it's not very technical. It's strenuous; you can make it, you can make it strenuous. And but uh, as far as the uh, technical side of it, uh, Green Mountain is a good place to start because you kind of 
you know, get your wiggles out a bit. And then, um, so that's a good first ride. And then, uh, three sisters is a, is a really good trail too. It, uh, we didn't discover that for a year or two after we were here, but, um, lots of good options there. You can, you can do some, there's a lot of good practice loops on three sisters, but, uh, that's a nice, that's probably the funnest downhill, uh, that I know of in the front range area. Um, it's three sisters up in Evergreen, but, uh, uh, the downhill on the other side of the street is just amazing. The, and the uphill is actually quite enjoyable too. Um, you just can kind of park it on your seat and and downshift and just kind of enjoy the ride up. And it's not it's not too terrible. Um, but uh, there are a couple switchbacks that a little bit of technical stuff. But really, it's a, it's a nice easy ride up to the top. Then put your seat down and just go for an, uh, an amazing, uh, downhill that starts off with a couple of whoop-de-doos, which are really fun and they're controlled too. So you're not like out of control over the, over the jumps, but then there's like four or five nice fast jumps that are, that are, you get some nice fun air, even on a, even on a bike like mine, which isn't very jump friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds to me like it really pays to do a trail multiple times, so you know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Know where the fun is, and that is fun because you you feel the sense of accomplishment. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this switch back uh, this year. But then we, you know, besides the the Denver area, you know, my brother went up to Fort Collins. He he went to school in CS at CSU, so he uh, he knew the trail system up there pretty well. So he took me up there. First trail we rode up there was Young's Gulch, and that was completely different than what I have done. There, are, it's an out and back, and it's technical, very technical in, in spots. But what made it technical in a lot of spots was were the stream crossings. I think we counted uh, out and back. There's over 50, 50 stream crossings. Fifty, yeah, fifty stream crossings, which is really fun. So, you know, you you got the technical part of it, but then you got technical underwater, uh, which is what makes it even more technical, you know. So it's fun, and it's a different kind of riding, too. You just kind of have to dig down, I mean, and you get into some loose sand and stuff. I mean, it's a different kind of riding. Uh, I have a I have a hardtail, so I just kind of get back and, you know, to get through sand, you have to get back and bounce on your seat and, and just so you can dig in there and not lose any grip. So it was really fun to, to learn that. And then Poudre Canyon, you know, all those like Hewlett's Gulch. And then of course that you've got the, uh, horse tooth up there, which is, which is fun as well. So it's, um, a whole new world. And then obviously making the trek out to Moab and doing all those fun trails, slick rock, uh, you got to do slick rock at least one time in your life, you know, kind of your Mecca mountain bike trip. And then, uh, you know, the, probably the, the best trail that I've ridden out there is poison spider. Poison spider has the slick rock and has a, a lot of technical stuff, but, um, there's just, it's just something of everything. So, um, that was really fun. I like the rim trails, like the porcupine rim. Um, but it's, it's poison spider just had a little bit of everything. So that was my favorite trail. 
So you told us where to go. Um, take a minute and give some advice about how to get into the sport for someone who's never been mountain biking before. You know, how expensive is it? What gear do they need? How can they try out the sport without, you know, spending more than a person would want to? Right. You know, it. I've been out of the out of the market for a while <laughs> because I've just gotten a bike that I, I really enjoy and I've never had to uh, really upgrade. I think I've got, uh, back in 94, I bought a Jameis Diablo uh, with Shimano components and I... And I, uh, it, it was, it was a rigid fork and a hard tail. And I think within that first year, I, I got some Judy rock shocks, you know, and, and, uh, so I got some front suspension and then I, and I switched my, uh, rapid fire, uh, components to some grip shifts and then put some bar ends on there. And really I haven't done anything to the bike. I, you know, obviously Shimano, uh, components are are pretty durable and if you get yourself a good rear derailleur and a sturdy one then your bike is going to last forever you know so and I've had this same bike for 20 years and I haven't really been in the market but with all that I spent under a thousand dollars for that you know and obviously you can you can you can get a lot better bike for a lot more money but I've been really happy with this. So it doesn't take much. And really, you can just Craigslist a nice bike, upgrade a couple components if you want, and but uh, um, just get out there and, and you'll kind of know what you want and, and know what you need. If you're like, you know what, these, these grip shifts don't really work when I'm trying to climb and change gear. So, I mean, you kind of have to uh, get out there and figure out what kind of stuff you like, what you don't like. So... So you can really personalize a bike, it sounds like. Yeah. Make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Well, Mike, I was really grateful that you went out of your way and spent the time to work on the Adventure Sports Podcast theme song. And yeah. I thought you did a just a really bang-up job on it. We were looking for something that would be exciting to the listener, that could become thematic for the program, but something that kind of spoke of adventure. And to me, that meant... The song needed to be based with instrumentation that you could carry into the woods. Right. So we're talking about acoustic guitar, hand drums, yeah. that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about how that all came about. Yeah. Well, I think that music just paints a picture. You know, I think the best songs uh, communicate the meaning behind the song even before the lyrics were ever put down. So songs that you can you can kind of hear and feel what it's about before. Uh, a single word is uttered and those are the, the the coolest songs to me so songs that i don't like are, are, are songs that what the song is about has, doesn't sound like it at all I, I i think it just it music just creates an image and and if you don't match the image with the with the lyrics then it's it's uh kind of counterproductive but anyway when i think of when i think of the outdoors i think of some uh grungy acoustic guitar and and uh, just really, and for me as a mountain biker, I'm just, uh, it's very rhythmic, you know, even <laughs> going up some uphills, you know, the breathing does not work. Uh, just, just straight breathing. I have to kind of moan and groan, uh, <laughs> get a rhythm going, especially on that first ride when I know I'm going to puke at the top of the hill. <laughs> this is my approach. Of, 
<sighs> so every every other pedal is like a groan. <sighs> and then I kind of get into this rhythm, but but it's very rhythmic to me and and obviously the pedaling and, and every rotation is 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 very musical. It's it's more of a song to me the whole process is a song. And I always have some kind of song stuck in my head. Um but uh when I think of that 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 acoustic guitar, I'm just really pushing it, you know, and and really grinding it and and I just that kind of grinding uh, feeling that you get when you listen to some music is is kind of, uh, it just makes you more aggressive. You know, if you've ever watched a Warren Miller film on mute, it's it's just not the same thing, right? <laughs> you got to have, no. have that music when you're watching it, and that just gets you pumped to get out there and do it. You know, it's not just watching people doing it. It's just hearing the, the music behind it that just gets you excited to go do it, so... Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that kind of music, it, it really gets me going, gets me excited. Well, you did a, a fantastic job putting it together. And when we heard it, it was exactly what we were looking for. You know, I envisioned something that I would want to listen to on my earphones if I were skiing or right. if I were biking or if I were headed somewhere to go, you know, on a, a rock climbing adventure or something. And I think that, um, the theme song fits the bill. Wow. Thank you. Know, you. It it's was, fun. It was fun doing it. <laughs> So, what are the thoughts do you have about adventure music? I mean, this is kind of a term that we made up here, but it's for real. You think about just what we mentioned. Someone's headed up to the ski area, right? Right. They know what kind of music they want to listen to on the way up there. They're wanting to get jazzed for the fun that they're going to have that day. Yeah. You know, and there's adventure music that goes with all different types of sports, and it's perhaps different for different people. Right. But how does music impact people positively or negatively right. in, in association with what they're doing and yeah. that kind of stuff? Well, you know, when, I, when I'm getting ready to go do something like mountain biking or snowboarding or skiing, you know, I'm not going to pop in my Sarah McLachlan CD. You know, I, I, I love her music, but it's not going to get me excited and get, <laughs> get me pumped up. You know, so there is that, that, that thing about music that just gets you excited and you, as as the music pastor in my church, I I just believe that music is uh, just like these mountain biking trails and these these hills that you can ski. They're all part of a, a creation that um, that uh, really connects us, you know. And so it's um, music to me is is something that that really connects us to creation and and to the creator um but that's just my personal thoughts and it's really fun because music again paints that picture and so uh if you think about music and and just what it does emotionally it you know it almost creates a doorway in our hearts and in our in our soul to really to for for me it's it's it creates that doorway to the creator but you know it 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 really connects us i i just think it's a it's a connecting point it's a medium almost it's uh it's very powerful you know it it stirs our emotions it stirs our adrenaline it's a really powerful tool This episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by 180TAC.com. 180TAC manufactures premier backpacking and emergency products. 
Whether you need a backpacking stove for your week-long trek on the trail or an emergency stove for your bug-out bag, we have the tools you need. Visit www.180tack.com. movies all have a soundtrack behind them these days right you know it doesn't matter what the movie is there's music if there's not music then something's missing yeah and it's because it takes us there yeah right yeah and i you know i joked about sarah mclaughlin but you know you watch all those puppy videos and without sarah's sarah's voice behind all those puppy videos (laughs) they would just be puppy videos but (laughs) but your heart goes out to them because that music creates that emotion and really uh really helps you feel for those those puppies <laughs> yeah absolutely so. you know as long as there have been humans they've been doing music right you think about it, it historically indigenous music tribal music um, every culture has its own music that's developed in time and we live in a time right now which is wonderful because we have access to so much diversity of music and we can choose and select what we love and what we personally connect with for a given day or emotion or event yeah and uh speaking of music for movies (laughs) so i i told the listeners at the beginning that you were a man of of a lot of different talents right so you just finished a project and started another project movie related tell us about this so I hooked up with a, a good buddy of mine, Nathan Blair, who owns and operates Kingdom Sight Studios. So Nathan is a filmmaker, and, and now I get to call myself a filmmaker as well. So we get to do this together. We made a movie last year. It's called A Perfect Chord, and it's about... Uh, a movie about music. Yes, it's a movie about music, and, and uh, it's the main character is this girl who has terrible stage fright, but uh, through the power of friendship and uh, overcomes her fears and is able to like uh, use these gifts, you know, and, and really play for people and, and not be afraid. So it's, it's a movie about overcoming fear, but it was really fun because I was able to uh, use my music background to really score the film and create that emotion like you were talking about. And watching a movie like a, a typical indie movie doesn't have a lot of scoring in it. It's just you're just kind of watching someone with a camcorder you know (laughs) right watching what they recorded but when you put music behind it 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 really again helps you connect your audience to the film and and uh so that was a blast doing that now we're working on our um uh licensing agreement where this movie is going to be distributed and is going to be available in stores it's just crazy to see how far it's come but now we're uh uh, we're working on another movie. It's called Second Greatest, and and it's filmed going to be filmed here in Golden, and it's going to be about Golden. And uh, really, the the essence of the movie is about the Golden Rule. You know, whatever you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So, and it, it's just a really cool fit because it's just talking about being a neighbor, and and there's lots of lots of cool things happening in this community in Golden where people are coming together as a community to learn how to be good neighbors. And so that movie, um, we, we've started that process, just finished casting. So that's, we're going to film that in the next couple of months and hopefully, and lots of good music in that yes, one too. Yes. I get to do the scoring and everything for that as well. And, uh, for this film and the last film, we were able to use 
artists that we've worked with at Launchpad Studios, which is the the recording studio that I own and operate in. Um, but lots of artists uh, that have recorded there: Taylor Maxwell, Ali Coffey, um, Drew Schofield. We've we've been able to work with lots of local local artists in making that film, and and they've been excited about being a part of that as well. And so it's it's been really fun to just as a community of, of artists and musicians and filmmakers, we're able to, to impact so many lives and, and just be a part of something really cool. Well, let's highlight that again. You said Launchpad Studios. Yes. How can people get in touch with you through Launchpad Studios? Well, we have a website, launchpadstudios.org. And, uh, um, but yeah, you can, you can get on there, check out our, our pricing and, and contact information get a hold of us if you're interested in any kind of recording project um, and we offer a couple different packages of like one song demos and up to a full uh, a full full length EP or, or so it's 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 been fun you know uh, it's been usually some small scale stuff and but that's what makes it so fun. <laughs> and if you need a theme song for a podcast. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So let's talk a little bit about how Launchpad Studios, mountain biking, and music <laughs> how those things are, are impacting others, good for society, good for the individual. Right. Well, I just think that um whatever you're passionate about, I mean you gotta get out and do it. You know, and, and I think we have this this belief system that we if we're passionate about something it 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 has to be like a hobby or it has to be a a thing that we do on the side but I think we should just devote our lives to it if we're if we're passionate about something there's a reason for that and we should devote our lives for to it and and see what it see how you can change the world with your passions you know whether it's mountain biking or or music or or making movies or whatever um if we're if we're living those passions out, then you know we're going to change the world. You know, we're not going to change the world trying to do something we're not passionate about. So that passion is contagious, and it makes other people passionate as well. You know, well that's it's really good advice. I think what holds most people back from chasing their passions is the fear that they won't be able to make enough money doing what they love right. to do. Right. Some people think, oh, no, it's supposed to be work. It's not supposed to be fun. If it's fun, yeah. I can't get paid for it, yeah. right? But what advice would you have for people about overcoming that money challenge and, and living the dream? Well, I I think we were all created with these unique gifts, you know. And we may be good at something, but it may not be our passion, you know. So if you're if you're truly living out your passions... And, and you are a world changer, you're going to get paid for it. <laughs> Whether that's um, someone giving you a place to sleep or whatever, or, you know, it may not necessarily be money, although I mean, that's kind of one of those necessary things in life that you need. If you are living out what you're passionate about, that means you're good at it. And, and you're going to get a paycheck eventually if you keep pursuing it. Being passionate about living passionately and pursuing your passions, then, then it's going to happen. Um, but if you're just trying to make a buck, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> I read the other day, uh, I forget the, the source, but the statement was that if you have the desire, you do have the ability. Yeah. Because if you really are passionate about it, you'll gain the skills you need over time. Right. 
You know, it's the desire that is the seed that makes these things grow. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Well, one more time, Mike, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Well, the best way is is through our website, launchpadstudios.org. Obviously, through my church, Mike at hc3.org, and we have a website there, hc3.org. And then um, Kingdom Sight Studios. Uh, it's a great place to hook up to if you if you want to see what kind of movies we're doing. Uh, that's a great place to check that out. We're on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook, and you can you can find me there. Launchpad Studios has a page on Facebook. Kingdom Sight Studios has a page on Facebook. You can see what see what we're doing. So. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for giving us insights into mountain biking today and adventure music today. (laughs) And it's great to know that you're available to people if they need help with their music. So very awesome. Thank you for your time. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. We normally close out our program with just a piece of the theme song that Mike arranged for us. But in honor of Mike being on the show today, we're going to play the entire arrangement for your enjoyment. And remember, If you could use some help with music, whether it's just a sound bite, a theme song, or an entire musical production, Launchpad Studios can take care of you. You can find Mike there at launchpadstudios.org. This has been another Adventure Sports Podcast. And remember, until the next show, get out there and have some fun. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.